Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. In Malifaux, rats are a serious problem. They are the size of small dogs, are highly aggressive, and often carry deadly diseases. Skilled rat catchers are in high demand, and the profession has attracted many shady characters who are not above a little blackmail and extortion. Benny Walcombe is one of the most successful and unscrupulous rat catchers in the business. I hope you enjoy part one of A Disease Divided. This episode of the Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by the Brotherhood of the Rat. Is your home or business infested with dog-sized, plague-riddled vermin who are capable of carrying off medium-sized children? You need to call the Brotherhood of the Rat. Our professional vermin control officers will catch those rats and dispose of them in highly inhumane manner. A Disease Divided by Tim Akers Hans sat in the highest point in all of Freyholt, keeping watch. The fledgling settlement stretched out beneath him. Von Schill built his little community on the bones of an abandoned prospecting camp once known as Hope, and those old bones poked through. Ramshackle buildings, with fresh paint, shipping containers lashed together to serve as barracks, and the ruins of a train station without tracks served as the core of the town. There was even a circle of crates, where the Freikorps would spar, jokingly called the stadium by most folks. The only thing that appeared to get any attention this early in Freiholz's development was the walls surrounding the town. Von Schill was the protective sort. The surrounding territory was desolate. Dominated by jagged rocks, and low, rugged desert grasses that tore at your legs. It was miserable land, perfect for hands, and perfectly dull. There hadn't been a hint of movement on the horizon for weeks. Hans had found interesting ways of staying awake, like counting the number of snakes he'd see in a day to finding faces in the rocks and dust. A sharp cough interrupted him. The other guard keeping watch with him, theoretically his spotter, buried his face in his hands, his shoulders racked with a coughing spasm. Hans gave him an impatient side-eye. "'You are right, Mick?' Hans asked. "'Fine, fine,' Mikkel said. He jerked the straps off his breather, dropping the mask to the ground. His face was beaded with sweat. "'I haven't got used to the air out here yet, that's all.' "'Missing that malifunk?' Hans asked. "'At least it was honest filth.' Mikkel answered. I think it's the rebreathers, Hans said. Can't compensate for clean breezes. Mikkel blew his nose, 
then strapped the breathing mask back on. He started coughing again almost immediately. Go back in, Mick. I can watch the dust blow around all by myself. The commander won't like it. Von Schill doesn't have to know. Just get some rest, Hans said. And stop making so much noise, he added to himself. Tell them I'm going to get some target practice in, starting to feel rusty. Mikkel nodded gratefully, then headed downstairs, coughing the whole way. When the sound of his misery was gone, Hans let out a long, patient sigh and settled into his watch. He leaned his rifle against the crude tower's parapet. Such amazing sightlines up here. The borders of Freiholt gave way to the sentry line, swept clean of all cover, and dotted with makeshift guard towers. Not everyone had liked that, but von Schill insisted on maintaining a strong perimeter, even if the solution was temporary. In the grasslands beyond, the road that led to Malifaux stretched north, nothing more than two thin ruts in the ground that cut through the grass. Hans knew that the further you got from Freiholt, the rougher that road became. Again, von Schill wanted to give the impression of order and civilization, but the realities of Malifaux had their own plans. The Freikorps still had to patrol the road to give potential clients the assurance of safety. Something flickered among the grasses, glossy black fur slipping between tufts of dry grass. Hans sighted in, adjusting the windage on his scope, then settling into the stock as his breathing slowed. The rat paused beside a rock, sniffing at the sun-baked earth. Hans took the shot. The report echoed off the buildings of Freiholt, drawing the attention of several soldiers lounging outside a pub below. But Hans' attention was downrange. The rat twitched and dropped, drawing a smile from the flaxen-haired sniper. Death in one, he thought. Let's see the Katanaka make that shot. His thoughts trailed off. Another glimpse of black fur flashed through the grasses. Hans raised a scope back to his eye. The dead rat had a friend, sniffing at the corpse. Hans cycled the bolt, keeping his breathing steady as he seated another cartridge. Before he could draw a bead, though, the rat scampered off. Brief disappointment was replaced by curiosity as another rat appeared in his sights, quickly joined by another. He swept his sights northeast, slowly tracking the direction the rats had travelled. His vision blurred with the change of perspective, so he drew the focus back. What he saw made him hiss. A string of rats scurried through the scrub brush, like a necklace of onyx gems, trailing back as far as the eye could see, one after another. Hans lowered the rifle. Well, he said, looks like we need to have a word with our dear rat catcher. The narrow space beneath the pub stank of spilled beer and piss. Benny shoved his lantern under the floorboards and peered through the cobwebs. The silver line of his wire snake winked back at him. He tugged on it and felt a satisfying weight. The dead rat bumped and scraped across the rocks, snarled teeth grimacing in death. He snapped the snare open, hung the dead rat across his shoulder, then reset the trap. Satisfied with his bounty, Benny slid back out of the crawl space, dragging his lantern after him. Freiholt was proving a good home for Benny Wolcombe. 
when Hamlin had plucked him out of Malifaux's profitable slums and sent him packing to Von Schill's new settlement, Benny had doubted the wisdom of the move. New towns didn't have sewers, and Von Schill's mercenaries were famously ordered and notoriously tidy, whether in their kills, their drills, or their cups. At first, Benny thought Hamlin was trying to get rid of him. The old creep never did like it when Benny actually caught rats. But Hamlin had provided. Benny rarely saw the rats, or any sign of their habitation, until they showed up dead in his traps. It could only be the master's provision. Benny pulled himself to his feet and started down the street, whistling tunelessly through his jagged yellow teeth. The tether of dead rats banged jauntily against his back, their bodies twisting on the line. It was the middle of the day, but Freyhold was still quiet. A lot of folks were on some kind of job with the Victorias, leaving the streets empty and the town's single pub still. Benny nodded to the pair of Freycorsmen standing watch at the grain depot. Surprisingly few rats to be found there. Benny made a mental note of it, something to point out to the boss when the time came, if it ever did. As master and sole rat-catcher for Freiholt, Benny's office overlooked the wagon depot, which was more of an abandoned barn with a missing door. Von Schill had yet to establish regular coach service to Malifaux City, but those few visitors who made the trip were met with the finest building in Freiholt. No coaches today, though the handful of grooms and farriers in the depot's service kept themselves busy. Still whistling cheerfully, Benny hung his new catch outside his door, then ducked inside. His rooms were cramped, stuffed full of empty traps, and the bags he'd yet to unpack from his move. After tossing his ratskin coat on a hook by the door, he started to rummage through the mess of boxes piled on his desk to find something to eat. Hello, Benny. The voice came from just inside the door. Benny jumped, whirling around to see a short, slim girl perched on a stool behind him. Can I get you to put that coat back on, or at least a shirt or something? Miss Vanessa, what are you, uh... To what do I owe this exquisite pleasure? Benny asked, as he shrugged the coat back on. Just checking in. She slid from the stool, tapping her staff on the floor like a drill sergeant inspecting the line. You seem to have settled in pretty well making good headway on our growing rat problem. She grimaced up at the tapestry of drying rat skins that decorated one wall. Better than I expected, really. Yes, well, when you hire Benny, you hire the best, Benny declared. He rubbed his fat hands together, grinning crookedly. Fewer rats, that's the Wolcombe way. I guess. Though I have to say, the only place I've really seen rats is here in your office, already dead. She tapped the pile of empty cages just inside the door, shaking the dust off their tiny bars. A suspicious mind would wonder if you're importing corpses just to collect the bounty. I would never. Why, the very imprecation impugns my sensibilities as a businessman, Miss Vanessa. Benny drummed his fingers against his belly. He was sweating vigorously. Besides, only a fool would try to cross the fry corps. And you're no fool, are you, Mr. Wolcombe? Vanessa said. Well, keep up the good work. Wouldn't want to review that contract, would we? My exclusive rights as ratcatcher in this fine town are guaranteed, and Von Schill is as good as his word, Benny protested. 
That he is. That he is. But he always includes a termination clause. Smart man like that. Good with contracts. Vanessa turned back to the door, wrinkling her nose. You might want to review the terms of your employment, and the conditions that could lead to your dismissal. I haven't. I must. There's no clause. Good day, Benny. Keep up the good work, Vanessa said, and stepped outside. Benny sat in a heap on the sweat-stained cot in the corner. What could she know about his business in Freiholt? Hell, Benny didn't even know what his business here was. Just that the master had sent him, and he had gone. Nervously, he started whistling again. The room was getting warmer and warmer, and yet Benny couldn't seem to keep his hands warm. He rubbed them together. He was feeling a touch ill. That's when he noticed his whistling had changed, picking up on an unheard tune that carried through the air, scratching through his skull like a fingernail. The master's song. Benny's mouth went dry, and his lips silent. A rat scampered up on the cot. It peered at him with black eyes, staring. Hiya, boss, said Benny quietly. Nice timing. The front door to Benny's office creaked open. The big man crept out, ratskin coat glistening in the light of the full moon overhead. It had taken the man longer to panic than Hans had expected, but now he was on the move. Benny snuck down the empty street, heading toward the border of the little settlement. Hans lowered his scope and turned to Hannah. Vanessa lounged behind them, clearly bored with the whole operation. "'What did I tell you?' Hans whispered. "'He's up to something.' Hannah lowered her own binoculars and nodded. "'Fair enough. The scouts will follow him and report back. Gather up some corpsmen. We'll get to the bottom of this.' "'I don't know why you're bothering with all this cloak-and-dagger nonsense,' Vanessa said. "'I could feel that ley line straight through the grass. "'That's a lot of power just to attract a bunch of rats.' "'We needed to know which side of the table our friend Benny was standing on,' Hannah said. "'You get going with the party. "'I'll get the suit powered up and alert Leopold.' "'It's not going to take many of us to take down a guy like Wolcombe. "'No need to trouble the boss,' Hans said. "'You heard, Vanessa.' There's a lot more power here than makes sense. Better safe than sorry, Hannah said. Now get moving. I want this cleared up by morning. The road was silent. Light glimmered through the cracks in a dilapidated shed at the end of the lane. Shadows moved toward it, men and women in the complicated armor of the Fry Corps. They formed a perimeter and waited for the signal. Hans and Vanessa crept along behind them. They paused behind a barrel. So what do you think? Hans asked, surveying the scene. The shack bordered the patrol route at the edge of the settlement, tucked between two distant guard towers. If you were going to smuggle anything into Freiholt, this was a pretty good place to do it. This is definitely the place, Vanessa said. The trail of rats leads here. Maybe the shack, maybe one of those storehouses. You sure about this? We could wait for Hannah. No need. We've got this, Hans said. He waved to the squad leader and gave the signal. Stay close. I don't want to explain to your sisters how I lost track of you chasing a bunch of rats. Whatever, Vanessa said. She dropped her staff against her shoulder and started walking toward the shack. Hans hurried to keep up. 
The Freikorps team flowed around the pair like black silk, reaching the door and setting up fire lanes. About halfway across the dirt road, one of them sneezed, and everyone froze. Han swore to himself. Bloody Mikkel, I thought he was off duty. The moment passed. There was no sound from the shack. On Vanessa's signal, the team breached the door to the broken-down building, filling in quickly. Vanessa marched straight in, hands mumbling behind her. They were greeted by two figures. Benny knelt awkwardly on a rug of ratskins, hands limp against his thighs. The second figure was turned away from them. It wore an oversized black cloak that hung in loose folds over its body and sat on a crate of oranges. Spoiled fruit spilled out of the crate, and a small chorus of rats feasted on the sweet bloated remains. The rats noted the teams first, turning beady eyes toward Vanessa. Hans came just inside the door and looked around. It was a bigger space than he expected, built into the storehouse next door. Crates and crates of food and other supplies, all of it spoiled, filled the space. The smell was overpowering. He dropped to one knee and brought his rifle up to his shoulder. Vanessa swept past him. Benny finally looked up, blinking his eyes slowly as though in a trance. Oh, hey guys, he said, his voice sleepy. I can... I can explain all this, honest. I think I've seen enough, Hans said. He fired, and the shot went through the robed figure's head, punching a hole through the hood. A plume of blood exited the other side, spattering Benny's chubby face. A single rat flopped out of the cowl, landing in the figure's lap, shot clean through. The figure turned. A dozen bright red eyes peered out of the hood, shifting and squirming as the rats fought to fill the gap Hans shot had created. Benny's eyes went wide as he flopped backward, scrambling behind a barrel of salted fish, just as the figure stood and started flowing toward Vanessa. What the hell? Vanessa shouted. She crossed blade and staff, ready to meet the threat when Hans started shouting orders. What are you waiting for? Kill it! The fry corps opened up. A hail of bullets went through the figure like rain through fog. Dead rats tumbled out of the robes, but its pace never slowed. The sound was deafening, as the creature chittered at a high pitch, and errant shots and ricochets soon filled the room with splintered wood and the stink of ruptured crates. Vanessa finally shook herself free of her shock and grounded her staff. The earth here was powerful, the ley lines joined by other powers, ancient and vile. She drew them into her staff, then directed the power of the figure. A blast of arcane fire swept across the room, boiling the spilled oranges and turning the chorus of rats into cinders. The figure burst into flames. The stink of burning fur and charred flesh filled the air as the figure came apart. Dozens of rats fell, squirming to the floor, to run around in circles or flee for the cover of broken crates, even as the flames turned their bodies into ash. The fire spread, claiming the shack and quickly catching the storehouse. Go, go, get out, Hans shouted. The Freikorps evacuated efficiently, but Vanessa was still in the middle of the room, pouring a stream of fire into the collapsing robe. More and more rats tumbled out, shrieking and scrabbling. Hans ran forward and grabbed Vanessa by the arm, pulling her back. The ceiling collapsed as they reached the door. In the street, Hans stared up at the inferno. Both the shack and the storehouse were fully engulfed the magically wrought flames greedily expanding to anything remotely flammable. 
The plumes of smoke that rose from the buildings were a wicked green, too thick, rolling down the street like a malevolent fog. Breathers, he ordered, and scrambled to pull his own mask out of the pouch at his side. He pushed it into Vanessa's hands, then took a spare from the sergeant. The smoke still stung his eyes, and the small whiff he'd had was turning his stomach into curdled milk. A klaxon signaling the fire started to sound in the distance. He pulled Vanessa close. Get to Hannah. There was plague in that. He started to gag, quickly ripping his mask off before throwing up. He fitted the breather again before taking a long, bile-tinged breath. We've released something. We need to find Benny. Find out what the hell he was planning. Sir, one of the Freikorps called. He had the rat catcher in hand. Benny looked like someone had stuffed a dead rodent down his throat, green-faced and covered in scratches. He tried going out the back. Bring him, Hans said. I'm sure Von Schill will have some questions. He looked back up at the inferno. The storehouse collapsed into embers, and a curl of green smoke reached up into the night sky, blotting out the stars. The next morning, there was a body swinging from the gates of the Freikorps compound, beneath a sign that still said hope. It was bloated with disease, its chest covered in sores that oozed a viscous fluid onto the ground below. Given last night's incident, Von Schill had ordered a containment zone around the body. Freikorps engineers were working to access the body without contaminating themselves. Von Schill watched the proceedings from the balcony across the courtyard. Even at this distance, he had to hold a rag to his mouth to keep from gagging at the smell. Do we know who it is, he asked. One of ours? No, just some kid. Looks like a vagrant. They must have brought him all the way from the city. Wonder how they got him through the perimeter. We'll have to check the latest shipments, Hannah answered. The head librarian was in her full suit, gears whirring as she observed the corpse through a scope. There's a note on his chest. Can you make it out? Bring me the head of the queen, she answered. Any guesses on which unfortunate monarch they are referring to? Of course, von Schill said with a grimace. Titania. Aren't the Victorias on that contract? With most of our best people, Hannah said. Between that and this bloody head cold going through the ranks, it leaves us a little low on firepower. Whoever did this, they knew when to strike. Is there any question who this is? Rats, a bloated corpse... A storehouse of spoiled food belching plague when put to the torch, and that bastard Wolcom. Monsieur flexed the mechanical gears of his arm. It was acting up again, sending a deep ache into his shoulder. This was Hamlin's work. What do you want us to do with the body? Cut it down, seal it up. We may have to study it for a vaccine. The warehouse fire had spread a vomitous disease to a third of the compound. None of the cases had yet proven fatal but von Schill preferred not to take any unnecessary chances. Are the others waiting? In the general store, Hannah corrected herself, still getting used to old signs for a new town. In the town hall. We had to escort most in through the back to keep them away from the body. Tara has her concerns. What does that woman care about a little disease? Not like she's going to die of consumption at any time soon, he grumped. No, but she doesn't like taking orders. Especially from someone like Hamlin, Hannah answered. Fine, I'll be right down. And see that Wolcom is there. I want to know how he's involved, 
and what Hamlin has planned for us if we don't comply. At the gates, the engineers have positioned a metal vat beneath the body, and were working to cut it free. The rope snapped, and the corpse slopped messily into the container. They hurried to seal it in before it spread whatever pestilence had taken its life. Von Schill sighed. It seems we're negotiating with monsters now. Monsters still answer the contracts, Hannah said. Just be sure we get the better end of the deal. I will, I will, Von Schill said, turning away. I always do. The back room was deathly silent when Von Schill entered. Everyone had heard about the bloated corpses at their gates, even if they hadn't seen it for themselves. Perhaps he should have escorted them directly by the body. Would have made the stakes of this meeting more apparent. Von Schill cleared his throat and looked around the room. Tara and her pet witch sat in the far corner. The black-clad girl wore her corruption comfortably, the gnarled claw of her arm resting casually on the table. Karina stared sightlessly at the ceiling. Von Schill wondered how much was left of that woman. She seemed to give more and more of herself to Tara and her cause, leaving less and less of herself behind. The two of them would be hard to move. Von Schill still wasn't sure what Tara hoped to get from Freiholt. As long as she kept her silent masses away from the rest of the citizens and didn't add to her ranks unnecessarily, he intended to leave her alone. But would she act when the rest of the settlement was threatened? It was time to find out. Across from Tara and Karina sat Von Schill's contingent. Hannah Lovelace leaned over the pile of dusty tomes, combing the records for any hint of their opponent's weakness. None of them had named Hamlin, not yet, but everyone knew who or what they were facing. Hands lounged casually behind the librarian, feet on the table, rifle across his lap. The rest of the seats at the table were empty. The sisters Victoria were out on contract. Leveticus was splitting his time between Freiholt and Malifaux City, probably to take advantage of neither place. Few enough had answered his call to the new settlement, and most of those were occupied elsewhere. It was a bad time for a crisis, which was probably the point. A side door opened, and Benny Walcombe stumbled inside, with Vanessa as escort. The Victoria's youngest sister pushed the ratcatcher into a chair at the head of the table with obvious distaste, then leaned against the wall next to the door, folding her arms across her chest. The gathered outcast leaned forward, staring at Benny mistrustfully. The ratcatcher was sweating profusely. So, Von Schill said, let's have a conversation, Benny. I thought we had a deal. I don't remember importing a Rat King being part of our arrangement. It was a very unfortunate circumstance, Mr. Von Schill. Most unfortunate. I had no idea. You had no idea about what? That there was a Rat King living in my town. Did we interrupt your discovery of that fact, preventing you from informing us of the dire threat to the populace? Von Schill bellowed. Were you, even as we kicked in the front door, about to sound the alarm, thus saving us all from certain doom? Benny's eyes darted about the room. Yes, he ventured. Hannah snorted derisively. Von Schill leaned forward. Let me be clear, Mr. Walcombe. I am a patient man. I am understanding. People sometimes make mistakes for which they are sorry, but those people must still be held accountable. However, I am not a forgiving man. 
Von Scholl placed his hands on the table. The mechanical fist dug into the wood as he ground it into the surface. Give me a reason to understand, rather than a reason to forgive. Benny swallowed noisily. Von Schill backed off, giving the man a chance to collect himself. The rest watched closely as the rat catcher weighed his options. You gotta understand how it is. A long pause as he reconsidered. Hamlin. He's a hard man. He chased me out of Malifaux on pain of death. I thought to lay low here, far away from him, but he... He followed me. He wants something. Something from you. Hamlin, Tara said, leaning back. So we're dealing with plague, then. You have nothing to fear from him, Karina whispered. Plague is a terror for the living, not us. Begging your pardon, ma'am, but he's changed. All of us have. You're no safer from plague than me or these fine folks, Benny said, motioning to the others at the table. And with the guild running around popping the heads off their own employees, I think he's trying to make his move. We never needed the guild to protect us before, Hannah said from over Von Schull's shoulder. We're not going to start needing it now. Easy to say and easy to believe, but... Benny shrugged flabby shoulders. Plague will take you, just the same. He's right, Hannah said. Even if the Sisters Victoria were available, plague would be a handful. With them on their damned hero's quest, we aren't exactly playing with a full hand. This wouldn't have happened if we were still in Malifaux City, Tara said. You should have prepared for this sort of thing, Von Schill. There are always risks in any endeavor, he said. If this is enough to break your spirit, you should never have come here in the first place. And you're welcome to return to the city. I'm sure the Governor General will be glad to welcome you back. The Guild is very understanding of people in your condition. Tara responded with a cold, dead stare. Can we stop bickering for a minute and focus on the problem at hand? Hannah cut in. The two didn't break eye contact with one another, but at least they stopped arguing. The librarian flipped through her records. We all know what Hamlin is capable of, and how vulnerable a place like Freiholt is to that sort of threat. We lack a lot of the infrastructure that prevents the spread of disease. Without a proper sewer system or drainage management, much less proper water distribution. I know this is going somewhere, Hannah, Von Schill said. Maybe we could get there more directly. Right. The point is, the very things that prevent normal disease are the same things that Hamlin has used in the past. We're both vulnerable and resistant. His usual methods won't work here. Hannah locked eyes with Benny. Which I suspect is why he sent his friend here, to prepare the way. I'm not a spy, Benny said quickly. Just a guy trying to catch a break, and a couple rats. Sounds a lot like a spy to me, Tara said. Enough of this, Hannah said. Hamlin has made his demands clear enough. Maybe the Vix will solve the problem for us. They're marching to kill Titania even as we speak. Has there been any word? She looked at Vanessa. Nothing yet. But if anyone can get the job done, it'll be them, Vanessa answered. Not that I doubt your sisters, Vanessa. But that was a fool's mission from the start, Von Schill said. I urged them against it. That wilderness is Titania's domain. 
You don't march into hell and demand the devil's head. So what can we do? Tara asked. If Hamlin means to move against us, I don't plan on sitting around. Neither do I. But we don't have the firepower to fight him, at least not directly. Then we don't fight, Tara said quietly. At least not directly. He's a rat. And Benny has shown us how to deal with rats. Haven't you, Benny? The rest of the room turned to her quietly. She smirked. That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for the conclusion of A Disease Divided.